0: If in your uh, primary relationship you make an effort to have a good communication, to discuss the issues that arise, to talk about your feelings, to be open, to be empathetic, to be patient, you have to do the same with your partner when you are working together. Because our brain can very well say, okay, we have two relationships and we have to separate this from this and that. That's all very fine. But when we are in the middle of the thing, it's just us and our body and that other person and that body and everything gets again mixed together. So the healthier your communication, the better and easier it will be.
1: That was Veronica Tomanova. I'm Sergio Acosta and this is Dance in Conversation. Welcome. Thank you for being here. I want to say at the top, a big thank you to all of those who have donated to Dance in Conversation. This is a project created by Yeba Kelchay, and myself, and we have been running events for more than a year now with a special focus on tango and personal growth. It is a project that means a lot to us and it is run with an open heart. If you also find value on what we do, you can donate at dancingconversation.co.uk donate. Today with us is Veronica Dumanova. Veronica is an oasis of clarity. Her experience as a tango teacher and dancer is vast, but more impressive is the way she has reflected, analyzed, and put into words why and how tango transforms lives. Many of her reflections have landed in the book Why Tango, a must read book you can find on her website, ferrotango.com. In November last year, she joined us for a conversation about what it means practicing tango with another person. That was a masterclass about relationships for me, one of the most insightful takes on the communication skills we can develop on the dance floor and in life. That exchange was led by Jeva Kelchaiti, my creative partner and relationship coach herself. There is so much wisdom there, so it had to have prime space in our podcast. Thank you for being here and enjoy
2: Today, we have a, a special guest, Veronica, <laughs> Veronica Tomanova, who is a Tango teacher. Um, she's based in Paris. Um, and today's topic is really about um, how we can make this Tango partnership, working with a partner, Practice more effective. So, um, if you know some of you are practicing with um, with other people or maybe with your life partner, um, whether you are social dancer or professional dancer, Veronica has got some ideas about how you can make it um, more effective because she developed a you know some structure and some content for it so today she's gonna she's gonna share about it. veronica have i missed something have have i missed something about yourself <laughs> no no okay well you know, if you want to add anything you know this was just a brief introduction you're welcome to add add um, anything. So let's start and I'd like to start with the question um, to you, Veronica, because we have been talking about this topic before and you mentioned that you have been thinking about it for a very long time. You have written a few articles about it. Um, so I, I'm just curious, how did you come to even think about it? How did you come with the idea about the, that this topic could be interesting to the Tango community and how come that is important to you yourself? How
0: did you come to that conclusion? So first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, it's indeed been a long time that I wanted to do a talk on this uh, subject and I've written several articles about it. And um, I thought this would be a wonderful format to do with Yeva. So the reason I I wanted to discuss this subject is because um, in my own experience as first a social dancer and then uh, a professional dancer, I obviously always worked with uh, various partners. And when you dance tango, you cannot do it alone. Um, You have, of course, all the wonderful dancers in milongas, but if you want to really learn how to dance tango, you usually try to find at least one or more steady partners in a period of time so that you both can progress. And this is true on every level, whether you are a beginner, an intermediate, an advanced, very advanced professional stage dancer. And what happens is that uh, very soon in my tango life, I started noticing that um, uh, it's not an easy matter at all to practice with one other person uh, regularly, something that is quite complex as as tango. And um, I myself, I've had a very different experience with different people, both positive and negative, um, very... um, um stressful experience uh accelerating experiences good matches bad matches and i also see my colleagues uh, professional dancers often struggle with not only finding a partner but keeping a partner because one thing is to find a partner that you like dancing with and a totally different issue is to keep a working relationship going and i see this kind of same problems also for social dancers especially um, uh, intermediate advanced dancers that want to keep progressing they want to have a steady partner of a good level and I see a lot of things happening because people don't know how to uh, deal with a partnership like this So we often come into tango with this idea, as soon as we found the person that we like dancing with, everything kind of will happen by itself. No, it doesn't. Surprise. It actually doesn't happen in the rest of life either. But never mind. In tango, we have this magical idea about, you know, as long as you love dancing, it will all be fine. It's not true in practicing, it's not true in love relationships. So you have um, uh, partnership relationships, uh, leaders, followers, etc., etc., and they can sometimes also coincide with having a life relationship with that person. So, for example, if you came as a couple, life couple in tango, and you start practicing and you keep on practicing, if you fall in love in tango, if you are in love and in a life relationship with your working partner, now. Again, we are often under assumption that if you love the other person, everything will work out fine. Well, it doesn't work out fine in relationships. Love is not enough. And uh, being in a life relationship and in a practicing relationship actually complicates things twice. You have two relationships. So this is why I wanted to address it. And another reason that I have been observing dynamics in various couples, in my own working life couples, uh, in how people interact with their partners in class, uh, what works, what doesn't work, why do people break up their partnerships. Um, I started realizing that I can actually say quite a lot of things about how to make it better, because before becoming a Tango professional, I have worked as a designer in teams. And when you work in small or large teams, um, even if you are all, say, designers, and you love design, and you are all more or less similar kind of people, it still doesn't work if you don't follow certain structure and best practices and if you don't have certain things in place, it will just disintegrate. So I thought, how can I apply some of the things that I've learned about teamwork in a company uh, to practice tango with your partner? So what I will be talking about today is uh, some of those things that I haven't invented, but that I have been trained in uh, for more effective uh, teamwork.
2: Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Veronica. I mean you have you kind of set, set us for almost like you know either positive or negative experience and that we can expect absolutely anything, you know, whatever whatever we our intention is. So Veronica, I am curious about your point of view about practicing together as couple. So, you know, we are partners. And as opposed to practicing with um, just a person that we know, a friend, uh, you know, or maybe at this point, we don't, you know, I know people are practicing with random people who they don't know because the pandemic doesn't give the option to do that. Um, so, what, what is your opinion about, you know, how these practices can differ? How practicing with a life partner, with a loved one, um, has an effect or the dynamic of practicing together has got an effect on the relationship and vice versa. You know, the relationship that there the is between the two people, how can affect that tango practice, um, if you like. What is your opinion
0: on that? Yeah. So, um, first of all, before going into differences, I want to highlight something that I think we tend to forget about this whole issue. So, practicing with another person, whichever your relationship is basically very similar to running a business together, building a house together, uh, working on a project together, raising kids together, etc. Except that in all those things, there is something outside of both of you that you are working on. It's the house, it's the project, it's the business. Whereas dance is you, it's your body. And there is nothing more us in this world than our body. Sometimes we would prefer not to think about it, we think it's all about our head. But if there is something that is absolutely you, it's your body first and foremost. And because you do your dance with your body, every feedback, every criticism, everything that is said by another person about your dance, we take it as about our person and about our body. And it is very difficult for us to make an abstraction from ourselves and our dance. But it's possible and actually it's necessary to have a healthy practicing relationship, even to yourself. What I mean is this, your dance is a skill. It's something you develop. Your personality is also something you develop, but it tends to develop at a much slower pace than your dance. When you are a beginner in tango, in the first three months, you learn so many things. Your dance goes from zero to wow, and, and so on and so on. So if you manage to see your dance, and especially your results, your level, your improvement, as something separate from your body and your personality you will be able to stay much more neutral towards it yourself and also much easier accept any kind of feedback or criticism now because people often don't do this one little step of abstraction when we start working with a a dance partner that is not our life partner we might have a very superficial relationship, we could be friends, but usually we try to keep the things at a particular distance. So when you work, when you practice with a friend, you will be quite careful not to criticize that person too much, not to create any bad vibes, Uh, you will watch out how you verbalize things, you will maybe Uh, force yourself to be more patient or say things in a more polite way in the same way as if you were for example running a business together with your business associate who is just a business associate so you would approach it you could say professionally when I'm working with a professional partner who is not my life partner this is a natural attitude this is my professional partner I make sure I pay attention to how I communicate things, that things are clear between us, that there is no bad energy, and so on and so forth. Now, once you are in a couple as love partners, you have this second and much more important relationship between the two of you that impacts everything. Your rapport to each other is no longer the same as dance partners. And already in that relationship, every time you have some kind of an issue, you will tend to take it personally, you will have expectations of your partner treating you the best giving you the most being you know this person who is always there for you, etc, etc, and we tend to transpose it into practicing so. You practice with your life partner and he or she gives you feedback and you suddenly take it personally and you feel deeply hurt because because you don't separate your dance with your partner from yourself because it's your life partner who is criticizing you and aren't they supposed to be, you know, all loving, all accepting. And also because any tension that is created will then drip through into your normal relationship. These are two communicating vessels. Even if your love relationship is defining for how you feel about the other person, your practicing relationship can actually ruin quite a lot of things in your love relationship. Vice versa as well, but that's kind of logical. So the things I would advise is, first of all, realize that you have two relationships to manage, and you have to manage them separately, and each relationship has to be healthy, or they will fuck each other up, one way or another. Second, is that you have to see your dance with your partner as this third entity, this project, which can evolve. You can develop, you can work on, you can set goals, you can evaluate, you can discuss, you can judge without it being a judgment of your person or your partner's person, like your house together. And if in your uh, primary relationship you make an effort to have a good communication, to discuss The issues that arise to talk about your feelings, to be open, to be empathetic, to be patient, you have to do the same with your partner when you're working together. Because our brain can very well say, okay, we have two relationships and we have to separate this from this and that, that's all very fine. But when we are in the middle of the thing, it's just us and our body and that other person and that body and everything gets again mixed together. So the healthier your communication, the better and easier it will be. And any resentment that you build up will be much worse if you are life partners than if you are just distant partners, dance partners. But the funny thing is, is that it doesn't work for the positive things, because the problem is when we work with uh, just a dance partner, everything that is working well, we praise it a lot. We, we feel like we're really lucky. Oh my god, I found this amazing partner, it's going so well. When things are going well with your life partner, it's like, well, it's my life partner, he or she is supposed to love me, you know, give me the best. So this is business as usual. We don't praise our life partners enough. We don't praise them enough. And I say to people who practice, always take the like button with you. Have a big like button and everything you genuinely like about the other person, like and like and praise and praise and praise. Why? because this will be your bank account, like they say in in, in psychological um, methods uh, about couple therapy. You have to have a bank account of common love and affection and trust and uh, love credit from the other person. If you don't praise enough, and you only point out the negative things, and you never point out the the positive things, this bank account runs dry. And then the moment you hit a wall, you go into huge resentment. So my approach is in practicing, whichever relationship I have, is to always, always, always pinpoint the positive things. And then when I want to improve something, you can be constructive in your criticism, but what really helps is to make it very specific and not to make it about the other person, but to make it about you. So for example, I would say, let's say I feel a problem in the lead. So I would say at this particular moment in this move, I will need a bit firmer lead or I would need a larger pivot. So I wouldn't say, give me a bigger pivot for once or something like that. I would say, I need, in order to do this movement that you want me to do, I need a bigger pivot. And then you discuss it. And another trick that I've learned, which works very well, is always first doubt your first thought. So I would say like something like this. So I have a thought on how to improve something that the other person should do. And I say, look, this might be me and I might be completely wrong. It might be actually my fault. But what I feel is that this and this and this is happening. And I think what I should feel in this and this. Now, let's try something and see if it's my, uh if I have to change something or you have to change something. And if both people have this as their initial reflex, look, I don't know, I just had an idea. Could be me, could be you, who cares? It works really well and uh, right now I have a, a, a dance partner who is not my life partner and we have a very satisfying relationship and we match well and we both have this kind of an approach to practicing. Um, we are both patient and empathetic and listening and try to praise the other a lot and avoid all judgment, especially judgment about vulnerable things. So. You will always have with your partner certain things that you know the partner tends to fuck up. You know, like lose her balance in a back pivot or something or, uh, you know, tense in their brace if he's uh, leading a turn. At some point, you will feel those things return. Now, there is kind of a natural reflex to start mocking that in the other person. Oh, look, you lost your balance again. Oh, there you go, back pivot. And this can be actually quite detrimental for the other person. They can be really sensitive to this because it's not like they don't know, you know. It's not like they don't feel that they lose balance. So I would say avoid this kind of judgment. Avoid rubbing in the vulnerable points. Because the other person often knows better than you do what is going on inside him or her. When I observe couples practicing, and in my experience, I've observed my students, my colleagues, I've observed big stars practice. What often ruins the communication in the process part is the attitude that people have towards the other person that could be described like this. Actually, the other person knows perfectly well how to do the perfectly right thing, but for some, whatever reason, choose to annoy me by not doing it. Which is the same attitude we sometimes have with little children, when we say to children, why didn't you clean your room? Don't you know you have to clean your room? No, well, they very well might not know that. So, I would say... All the irritability comes from that feeling that the other person already knows how to do everything. Well, surprise, no, he or she doesn't, and you don't. You are in the process. So the much better attitude is to say to yourself, each of us has the best of intentions in this practice to do his or her very best, and it takes time. And if something goes wrong, it's not to annoy me or not because they're not paying attention, or not because whatever, it's they're trying really hard, and so do I. So we acknowledge and appreciate that, and that helps a lot.
2: Well, thank you, Veronica. That, that's just you know, <laughs> real relationship kind of. Um... Course <laughs> that you're delivering a <laughs> communication course, and I think it's just you know to emphasize how less it's about the technicalities, how less it's about the technical skills, how less it is about the tango itself, but how more it is about our abilities to be present, our abilities to not judge, our abilities to be kind and generous to another person, our abilities, our human capital that we have, or maybe not have, or maybe we need to practice and work on that, um, that makes our partnership strong and that makes our learning experience um, go to the next level, as you know, as, as you say. I had um, I had a request from Peter who had a question to ask. Peter, would you like? This is the time <laughs>
1: to I, I ask. I kind of almost uh, answered it. Basically, the question was: as a leader, I can get quite frustrated with myself if I don't lead it properly, and I wanted to ask if you have any tricks how to isolate this frustration so that the follower doesn't feel it or she doesn't get the idea that oh he's frustrated with me because well 90% of my mistakes are my mistakes so you know the frustration is with myself
0: um, this is an excellent question because this is a dynamic I see very often in couples this is exactly what you described so the leader would be trying and getting frustrated with himself or herself. Uh, But the follower would kind of take it personally as if it was her or his fault that it's not working. So there is a simple way of dealing with that: is to mention now and then that uh, this frustration comes because you are frustrated with yourself. It's not about the other person, just saying it verbally, you know, mentioning it a couple of times. Especially if you see the other person is getting tense and kind of feel the blame and uh, how to deal with it inside yourself. So there's one thing I've learned by following ballet classes. I'm by no means a ballerina, but I've been following regular ballet classes for many, many years. And um, ballet is the hardest of all dances. So when tango people say to me, oh, tango is so difficult. I say, oh, did you try ballet? So, um, and in ballet you have this uh, ego issue where it's so difficult that you get very frustrated with yourself, very desperate, um, denigrating towards yourself, and I have a wonderful teacher who said several times to us, look, it is ineffective and not productive to be frustrated with yourself and judge yourself for not doing the things the right way or the th- the way you want it is much more productive and effective if you manage to bring yourself before trying into what is called a neutral set of mind or that sometimes the Buddhists call the the student set of mind or the learner set state of mind so kind of Open and say to yourself, I'm going to try this out, see what happens, I'm going to try this out, see what happens, and then be in observation and witnessing of what's happening. So, for example, you tried, you fuck up, you go like, huh, we just fell down, all right, let's try it again, huh, I lost my balance, let's try it again, ah, there I didn't lose my balance, but I think I put my foot wrong. So, you try to keep this very observant, analytical uh, set of mind and you collect the good points and you reinforce the good points. So you say, oh, there I didn't fail. What did I do to not fall? Let's do it again. Oh, I didn't fail again. Yay, I didn't fail again. And um, ideally your follower should be or your leader in the same set of mind. So that when we are like this with my partner, it almost feels like we are children playing, literally. It's not because we are jumping around, but because we have this kind of explorative, curious set of mind and sometimes something would happen and we would look at each other with big eyes like, what just happened? And I find personally this very, very helpful because for our nervous system, any kind of stress means that um, we are less able of doing the movements the way we would normally do it if there were no stress and stress can also come from too strong emotional response you judge yourself too harshly you feel attacked although you are the attacker you tense you go "Mm." you feel attacked by the other person you stress you suddenly become tense, you suddenly start losing balance where you've never lost balance before. And this is actually something that happens in the brain. It's been researched, this mechanism. It's, it's, a, it's a response re, it's a stress reflex. So the more you you remove the stresses, the better you will feel.
2: Mm-hmm. However, it's easier said than it's done, I guess. But I guess we can all try and um, incorporate that in our you know, in our practice. We have got a few minutes left, so I wonder if people would have perhaps a specific question to ask or maybe a comment or a you know, maybe sharing of how they have experienced this evening if they enjoyed you know, the, the knowledge that Veronica shared with us
3: today. I think some of that's probably just been addressed slightly because it was about saying, well, we're in a situation where we're life partners and mm-hmm. uh, I've been dancing probably about I don't know, 14 years or something and she's been dancing three or four, something like that. So I've been to a lot more workshops and I've heard a lot of things and I often try to repeat things I've heard. And there's always this, there's this challenge of trying to be able to say something and say, well, I've heard this and I've heard that and I've said this. And it's frustrating sometimes to 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 understand how can I how can I express things that I've heard without sounding like I think your introductory words, Veronica, were on a, I know it all. And it's like how how do i avoid this how can i say look i've heard that this might be a good way to approach that and this kind of stuff and it's always been a, a challenge if you like to try and say well look how do you do that
0: excellent question and brings me to something that i wanted to say so when you practice with another person um you have two things you have feedback and you have advice feedback is describing what you feel What kind of energy you receive, what you feel in your body, uh, whether you lose balance, blah, 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 blah. Something that basically almost every one of us with a bit of experience and a bit of analysis can describe quite accurately. So when you did this, I felt this. Advice is saying the other person what to do. And in order for, the, for you to say to the other person what to do, you have to be very competent at that matter. Now, one good thing is to say, I might not be competent about especially what to do for the other role. But I might be able to say how I felt that same thing at a different moment in terms of feedback. So you could say, no, I felt I was losing balance. And when you led it this other way, or you followed it, I wasn't losing balance. So instead of saying, look, I've heard you should do this, or I think you should do that, maybe um, it, it helps to accept that you might not have the competence to give an advice, but let the other person kind of figure out, they might actually know what to do because they're studying that role. Or unless, of course, you're absolutely sure and you know this, you know, you've been taught it over and over and over again. And this is a truth. And well, especially if you both know it's a truth, it will work. So what helps is not to jump to advice, stick to feedback. And often giving only feedback will allow you both to experiment without feeling judged by the other person or feeling the pressure of having to do things in a particular way. So I feel like this, how do you feel? Now let's do it again. I feel like this, how do you feel? Okay, I like how that feels. Feel, does it look okay? It actually looks nicer than the other one. So feeling, looking. And from there, you could eventually say, so the right thing to do would be for you to make more pivot, or I don't know, push the floor. You see what I mean? It
2: has been a privilege, and I want to thank everybody who has come today and who has stayed up until now um, with us. And we certainly will um, try and do more of those events because I guess the topic is really interesting, and 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 it's about communication, as we know tango is about communication. So, what can we learn about communication that help help us dance better? <laughs> or or vice versa and vice versa.
0: So thank you for inviting me and uh, giving platform to this uh, subject that is a delicate subject and a complex subject and uh, also creates a lot of suffering in people. And I like to do things with my articles and with my talk to remove suffering and let people enjoy tango in joy.
2: So with that, I guess we would like to say goodbye. But before we say goodbye, Sergio, would you like to add something?
1: Yes. Well, thank you again, Veronica, for your clarity Mm -hmm. and your wisdom. And just very quickly for everybody, if you want to know more about us, uh, you can go to the website www.dancingconversation.co.uk. I just put the link on the chat. If you want to copy and paste, anything. and to say a little bit about what we do, we are an open space for conversations about dance, and we cover topics from uh, body awareness, relationships, even storytelling on the dance floor. And, um, and you start, we started a campaign. Uh, if you want, if you want, and if you can, especially to support this initiative. Uh, you can donate actually on the same website i'm gonna put the link here um, that would be wonderful if you can support us in, in any way and uh, especially if you share this conversation uh, with your friends and your and your community that would be that would be very much appreciated